Hi, my name is Jeremy Wagstaff, and this is the Loose Wire podcast. Thanks for taking the time to download this pod. It's available from all good podcast outlets. Some of you have been following me since 2003 or 2004, for which I'm extremely grateful. Slightly embarrassed about the long absences. I promise they won't happen anymore, but I've said that before. I'm calling this season 10 because it's a nice round number and I'm committing myself to delivering an audio version of my weekly newsletter or blog, along with some bits and pieces if they're considered pod-worthy. Do please write to me if you've got anything to say. I can handle the criticisms. I can be reached at jeremy at wagstaff.co. Jeremy at wagstaff.co. Or you can check out the blog at loosewireblog.com. Yes, I'm the same Jeremy Wagstaff and Loose Wire from the Wall Street Journal column, which went to a better place 12 years ago now. I'm also the guy on the BBC World Service Business Daily and the Reuters correspondent of old and less old. I'm currently a writer and a consultant based in Singapore. My consulting business is called Cleft Stick, but you'll have to visit the website cleftstick.com to find out why. I'm with the show. In the last six months, Apple has quietly removed one word from its terms of use, which on the surface changes nothing, but actually changes quite a lot. To me, it's another example of what I call a technopoly at work, using its heft to force its way into a stronger position, ostensibly to help its customers, but in fact, locking them further in. The change is this. Last year, Apple introduced something called Sign In with Apple, inevitably abbreviated to SIWA. You've probably seen it in action. It sits alongside other so-called social logins from Google, Facebook and others, allowing users to sign up for services and apps with their account at one of those services, meaning that they don't have to enter lots more information and remember a new password. Google and Facebook have been in this game since around 2011, and Apple is a little late to the party. They only introduced the option last September, that's September 2019, and said that developers only needed to add the option to apps on their platform if the only existing choice was another social login. So before we get in the weeds here, let's just take a couple of steps back. What is the benefit to companies like Google, Facebook, Amazon, LinkedIn, Twitter and Apple to offer this login service? Surely it's extra work for them to wire another company's plumbing, so to speak. Well, no. As you might have guessed, there's a significant advantage for the likes of Facebook and Google. They get to track you to yet another corner of the web, while the host service saves money on setting up, managing and securing passwords, etc. Yes, you might say. That is true of those companies that make money out of your data, but Apple don't do that, right? Why would they be interested in doing this? Here is where it's a bit murkier. Apple's argument, as I understand it, is essentially this. We want to help keep our users' data secure. And so if we offer this service where users don't need to set up a new password, they just use their existing Apple account, we help limit their exposure to crooks and bad guys. As if to prove that point, they offer an extra layer onto their SIWA. You can make yourself partly anonymous to the service you're signing up for via a layer of throwaway email addresses, all of which Apple handles and which can't be tracked back to you. So, no question. If you're an Apple user and you want to use one of these services, then Apple is the way to go. So far, so good. Until March, that is. 
On March the 4th, Apple quietly removed a word, exclusively, from its terms for developers to post their apps on the App Store. Developers can't get their apps onto your iPhone or iPad unless they get approval of the App Store police, and so this word turns out to be quite an important one. Previously, the sentence read, apps must include the Apple Siwa option if they, quote, exclusively use a third-party or social login service. When that word disappeared, it meant that now, if any app offered any third-party or social login service, they must offer the Apple version as well. Otherwise, their app would not be approved by, or an existing app slung from, the App Store. So, what in practice does this mean? In effect, Apple is saying that either apps remove all third-party sign-in options or they include Apple's as well. This might seem like no big deal, but some developers aren't happy. One, a company called Push Bullet, which ironically makes it easier to connect devices together, has pulled its iOS app, in part because of the rule which they said would create a lot of extra work. Another developer I spoke to said that after getting their app thrown out of the App Store until it complies, they have decided to remove all third-party options and set up their own system, costing them $20,000 and likely some subscribers in the process. It's an example, this developer said, of Apple imposing their will as a condition for approving a minor change. Some app developers have already balked at the idea of social logins, realising they lose visibility into and access to their customers. While Facebook, say, will share some of the user profile's details with the service when they use that sign-on option, many say that most people use for their social login the service they use the least. Oftentimes, the Facebook profile lacks a full name or an email address. Others have found that they now have one more layer rather than one fewer when it comes to security. Indian top-up service FreeCharge said that it had recently removed social logins for Google and Facebook for security reasons. A spokesman told me that, quote, as part of our regular reviews, we decided to disable social login and streamline the login process with an over-the-top password as it provides an easier user experience without elaborating. And this is the thing. These social logins are popular among users, but probably for all the wrong reasons. We like them because they're faster, less hassle, and because we don't have to remember our password. But that's just it. We feel like we're giving away less information, whereas we aren't. We may use our least used account for the sign-in, but that's still data being passed on to two services, the app developer and the big technopoly. Some services still go ahead and create a separate account for you, so you've ended up worse off than better off. There are other reasons to think this isn't a good deal either. Security is one. All these big players have been hacked at one point or another, so just because we have put all our sign-on eggs in one big basket doesn't mean the eggs can't break. And if someone does hack your Facebook account, say, you've just made it a lot easier for them to access all the other services you provided your login details to. And Apple? Well, Apple is right when it says that it's more in the privacy game than the data game. Friends I've spoken to said that having Apple offer social login means that they don't have to give their details to some random site, and yet they still receive emails. They'd rather entrust their data to Apple than to someone mining it for data. But my feeling is this. That shouldn't really be what gives you pause. The real reason they and Google and Facebook and Amazon are doing this 
is because it adds another brick to the wall and lock to the door to keep you in their walled garden. For them, as I've said before, more important now is not selling you more hardware. That's assured, even if you're not maybe upgrading as much as you did before, but to get you locked into more services that are exclusive to Apple. And Apple Siwa fits the bill perfectly. So what happens, for example, if you swap your iPhone for an Android phone? Are you going to use your Apple Siwa now? The answer is you can, but it's a clutch, and Apple has no incentive to make that any easier. Of course, this is also why Facebook, Google, LinkedIn, read Microsoft, Twitter, and Amazon are in this game. It's a game of overlapping territories, a grand canvas upon which the great techno-polistic game is being played. No one player dominates the whole map. But Apple has belatedly realized that this is a theater they need to be playing in. Being a technopoly is always about controlling the gates because as gatekeeper you can decide what goes through and what doesn't and what price has to be paid. Being a gatekeeper you can change the rules, as Apple did with no fanfare or explanation on March the 4th. They can shut things down. So does all this really matter? In itself, no. Though what I'm trying to show is how these small things end up becoming big things, but in a way that mostly flies under the radar. I couldn't find anything in the Judiciary Committee documents about these social logins, nor in the recent UK's Competition and Market Authorities report. But it seems an obvious new battleground, and now that Apple is in it, expect it to get hotter and sneakier as the garden walls grow taller. That's all for this week. This is the Loose Wire podcast, and I'm Jeremy Wagstaff. Thanks for downloading and listening. You can find the blog and written versions of these podcasts with charts and stuff at loosewireblog.com and the podcast on all the major podding platforms. Please do leave a review, a star or whatever they ask for because it really helps. Talk to you next week.